Assalamu alaikum, this is Maliha Mahmoud. Welcome to Muslim Health Talk, a place to discuss natural ways of healing and health and wellness and finding that balance that the Prophet wasallam so beautifully um, provided for us. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma zidni ilman. Oh Allah, please increase us in knowledge. So today's hadith will be about um, fasting, actually, which is which is which works really well with what we're doing right in the month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. So hadith number fourteen. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "The one who eats and is thankful is like the one who fasts and is patient." And this is from Tirmidhi and uh, Dirimi. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الطائم شاكر كسامع الصابر. And this was narrated by Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه. So the one who eats and is thankful um, in comparison to the one who fasts and is patient is that the one who eats and is thankful in that he is being, he begins in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, Bismillah rahman rahim He um, testifies that, you know, this is from Allah. And uh, then he ends with the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, Alhamdulillah, you know, glory be to Allah. Thank you, Allah, for what you have given us. And on the other hand, the one who fasts and is patient in that he abstains from doing anything that breaks his fast, right? That could, that's not just eating and drinking. It's also um, getting angry, right? Um, committing sin. I mean, of course, it's it's not broken, but it's things that we shouldn't be doing. But there's also intimate relations that we're not supposed to have during a fast. There is also not smoking, you know, anything that has to do with um, with those things. The point of the similarities between the two different things, you know, the one who eats and is thankful and the one who fasts and is patient, is that both of these two acts are deserving of reward. Even though we know that the reward of a fasting person is surely way greater than the one who just is thankful because he's eating. And there's so much more work that we put into that, right? This does not mean that the reward of the one who eats is the same as reward of the reward of the one who fasts and is patient. They're not equal because a person who fasts has a greater reward. But if a person is not able to fast, and there's so many of us that fall in that category, right? There was one year I remember I could not fast. Like I was not well and I tried fasting for the first few days and I realized that it was actually harming my health because I was already not well. And I never understood what that meant, the category of being sick. But when you are in that situation where you are not well and you try to fast, you realize that you cannot fast because you become even worse and you just, you can't handle that, that much pain. So when, when now when I look at people who are not well and they say they can't fast because of a health reason, I, I don't question it. Like every, we all know 
um, we, we all know whether we are able to fast or not, right? And we all are, you know, accountable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we know to take that very seriously because fasting is fad. And then there's a huge group of people who are in their elderlies and they're not able because of health reasons and just being of old age. Um, and, and, and then there's many people who can't fast because they're, they're too young, right? They're too young and their bodies really can't take it. And so it's not, um, an obligation on them. The one that fasts is, has to be one sane, understand this whole purpose of fasting and, and life and everything to an adult and healthy and be able to do it. So if these people, there are a group of people who are not able to fast, if they show sugar, if they um, are grateful then uh, for, for their food, then they will be rewarded. They will get this, the reward, right? And of course, um, those people know that this group of people that cannot fast are supposed to give um, charity and, and take place of their fast so that they um, can take care of that, right? And there's two forms of showing gratitude sugar, right? There's one that's with your tongue when you say Alhamdulillah, you know, and you say it out loud. Um, and I think it's a really good habit to have. I remember at one point, um, this is when I was really, really young and I first started learning about Islam, really learning about Islam um, in high school, I believe it was. And I remember um, I would go to listen to lectures or I would, because um, back then it was on VHS, right? We used to watch it on VHS and we would, we would, I would listen to them and the sheikhs and the imams would always say, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, right? And I, I wasn't used to this kind of talk because one, I, I, I spoke in a different tongue at home and two, it wasn't in my vocabulary, not just yet, not like easily. And when I heard the meanings of these words, like subhanallah, inshallah, especially inshallah, I remember thinking like, it's, it's horrible to say, but I remember thinking like, why, why can't you just say yes? You know, why must you say inshallah if Allah wills, right? Um, but now, of course, I realize um, that, I realize soon, soon after that, that no, everything depends whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants this action to happen. And so using these, these, this language of alhamdulillah, subhanallah, it's just, one, it really does something for the soul. The more you use it, the more you, um, you say it, the more you hear yourself saying it, the more you, you testify that, yeah, you know, everything's not in my hand and I'm not in control, even though when we're young, we think we are, Right. It's a good testimony. It's a good habit of reminding yourself. But two, um, when your tongue says, Alhamdulillah, you are, you know, you are thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the verbal form. But there's another way of thanking Allah and making shukr and being, showing gratitude. It's through your heart, right? Through your actions. We use energy, energy and we do good with that energy. And we do this with our heart and we complete it with our mind because we think about it and we say, 
you know, I'm going to do this ibadah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me this, um, the ability to do it. Or I am going to um, be grateful because he has given me, provided me food and I'm able to eat it so easily. And so while you're saying it and you get yourself used to saying those beautiful words, alhamdulillah, um, your heart will slowly work with it and, and easily be able to say, yeah, alhamdulillah, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this sugar to test us. Every time we get a blessing, it's supposed to bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way it brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is if we testify that, yes, alhamdulillah, I'm grateful that you have given me this blessing and not think that it is from me. It is what I've done, right? Um, as, as Muslims, as humans, the only thing we have in our control is our intention to do good. The act or, or being able to do the act that we intend to comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why we get rewarded for the good intention even before we do the act. Because maybe we won't be alive to do it. Maybe we won't be able to carry it out. Maybe something will happen. But because we intended something good, a good deed to please Allah, then we already get the reward. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told the people of Dawood alayhi salam, practice shukr with your actions and show that you are grateful. Which means that if I have been blessed with food, alhamdulillah, if I have been blessed with a home, anything that I have, even um, then I should share then maybe in order for me to show my sugar, in order for me to show my gratitude, I should share that meal, right? The Prophet ﷺ said, one meal that's for one person can feed two, two can feed three, three can feed four, and so on and so forth. So if you have a meal and you um, are ready to eat it, right, and you've prepared it, you've made it really nice, ask someone to come and join with you. So you can show your shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by sharing that meal. Ibrahim alayhi salam, um, our father, never had a meal by himself. And he would wait for someone to come so he can share it. And one day he actually went to the market to outside to look for somebody to bring home to share his meal with. Um... The Prophet ﷺ has told us, like, if you want to, um, if you want to eat, you should always be with someone, share your meal with someone. Otherwise, Shaitan will share your meal with you, and you don't want to do that. And also, before we eat, of course, we're supposed to say Bismillah, so that we show gratitude to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And um, there's also a du'a, right? We can say before we eat our meal. Allahumma barik lana fi marazaktana wa qina dhabannar. Bismillah. And we can start. And if we've forgotten, we can still say it in between the meal. But it's important for us to say it because we don't, we don't want like um, shaitan to, to take part in that meal and, and gain the energy from it. And he will if we don't say bismillah and show gratitude. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, there are very few from my own 
um, from among my servants that will truly be grateful. And so if he has said that, that means that as an ummah, as, as Muslims, as humans, we should realize that even as an individual myself, I am not showing enough gratitude that I should. I should continue to work on this gratitude. And a lot of people use like gratitude journals to do it. And I think that's a great idea. But writing it, and it's great, it's writing it down is awesome. Um, I have a journal that I have on the side of my bed that I always write in. I have many journals that, journals that I have filled up and I keep. And I do try to focus on things that are positive. Because the more you think about your positive things, the more you think about the things that you are grateful for, the more you focus on your blessings, the the more you feel better, the more you feel um, positive, right? And you have you you don't lose hope. You don't worry on the problems because we do that all the time anyway. Maybe writing it down, maybe thinking about it, maybe expressing it in our words will help us balance our life because our worries are already this this the worries the scale is a lot um heavier on the worry part right it's a good habit to also um thank people around you all the time you know um thank them for for what they're doing for you give them a hug let them know that you care about them these are small acts of gratitude as well um you I mean, just giving someone a hug, you know, if you hug someone for 22 seconds straight, um, studies have shown that you um, take away all stress, um, you make them happy, you you give your child confidence and security knowing that, that just doing that act of 22 seconds of hugging them, you know, and you also gain from it. So it's a, it's a win-win situation and you're showing gratitude. Right. Again, you're showing gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's really easy ways of doing it. And one thing I would say is really focus on your um, on your teenage, your youth kids, um, because sooner or later they will leave the house. So if you catch them in the hallway, a friend of mine gave me this hint. If you catch them in the hallway, give them a hug. You know, even if they don't want to hug you, hug them from the back. But don't ever stop hugging them. Don't ever stop smiling towards them. Don't ever stop telling them how much you love them. Don't ever stop um, telling them how proud you are. Because that, you cannot spoil your kids with that. Showing your kids love in those ways, in those words, in those beautiful actions will never spoil them. You can never spoil someone with, with that kind of love. Humans need that to grow, to go on, to feel confident, to believe in themselves. And we need it from one another. And so um, definitely with your kids, you know, you should, if you, if you are not that type of person, then fake it, force yourself to do it for a while. And you'll see that you gain so much out of it that you actually do it in a selfish way. Like you hug your kids because it makes you feel good, Right. And you're getting reward and you're showing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you are grateful for, for what you have. And sooner or later, they will leave the house. So take advantage while they are home. Especially when things are bad, right? Especially when things don't go our way. 
um, it's easy for us to, to complain. It's easy for it to just show in our body. We become tense. We worry. We, um, we're not focused. We get, we, we lose our temper very easily, right? Those things show up very easily. But instead, if we constantly say, Alhamdulillah, 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 it changes our, our attitude. It changes our chemistry in our body because the, these words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us, the words, the dhikr, the remembrance, these are, they're blessed with miracles. You know, they're blessed with miracles. There was a, um, there was a man, Japanese uh, man, I forget, scientist, I forget what his name was, but he did a test, right? He did a test where he had different types of water. He had water across the board and he said different things to the water. So in one water, cup of water, the same water, one cup of water, he said, I love you. And another cup of water, he said, I hate you. And every day he said that. And then he took this water and he froze it and he looked at it under a uh, microscope, right? And the one that he said, I love you too, looked like snowflakes, like the beautiful snowflakes that you see in the snow. Beautiful, intricate um, designs, right? And the one that he had said, I hate you in for, for 30 days, it looked like crazy. It just looked like shrieks from everywhere. It looked like the snow was like screaming, you know? And so then many people have repeated this test and they did it on food, on plants, on um, rice, on uh, you name it. They did it on all kinds of things. And they didn't even, I mean, one person even didn't even say anything to the, the bowl of rice. Instead, they just put a label that said, I love you and I hate you. And similar, similar things happen. The rice that they said, I love you to, nothing. It just stood the way it was. There was no change in it. The rice that they said, I hate you to, had mold and dark things growing in it. And it was the same rice. So words have an impact um, and so when we use the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we say alhamdulillah, we say astaghfirullah and we ask for forgiveness, these words are powerful. They're not just any words. So when we do, when, when things are not good, we don't need to express that in words, right? Instead, we should express positive things because slowly, slowly our chemistry, body chemistry will change because we are made out of almost 80% of water, right? If a, a cup of water, it makes a difference on a cup of water to say negative things. Can you imagine what it does to us? Forget about who we are being mean to. Of course, we're affecting them in a negative way. But what about affecting our own mindset, our own body, our own chemistry? So when we say positive things, we can change our mindset and our chemistry and our thoughts and our reactions and become healthier and happier and in a, in a better state of mind, right? So it's not something um, hard to believe and it's, it's not um, just an idea. It's real. Um, and by constantly speaking about our blessings and about what we're grateful for, um, this, is, this, this is a beautiful impact on us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in the Quran, as for the bounties of your Lord, proclaim, which means that we should proclaim them, we should say them, we should um, speak about them. 
right? But there are certain things we should follow when we speak about them. We should speak about them in a humble way, right? We shouldn't use it as like, oh, look at me, look what I have. Um, I have a home and I have um, children and I have this. No, in a very humble way. Yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed me, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, keep us in your du'as. And number two, um, we should proclaim them and we should speak about them to people we feel comfortable with, right? To gatherings we feel that are safe, to people who are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who understand their value. Because um, there is still a fear of, 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 you know, the evil eye. It is real. It is real. People don't go out and try to harm you, not not the majority of them, but because they have diseases of the heart, jealousy, hatred, envy, arrogance, and many more. If they have diseases of the heart, and we all do, then it's hard for them to see your bounty and your blessing if they don't have that blessing, right? It's hard for someone to see it. And so that's where the, the evil eye will come just automatically. And so you want to make sure that you, you protect your family and yourself and your, uh, from, from that. And the best way, of course, is to say the three um, quls, right? It's qulu allahu ahad, surah ikhlas, surah nas, and surah falaq every morning. And blow on yourself because this is what the Prophet did to protect himself from magic, from evil eye, from anything like that. And that is why I feel such um I feel it's it's important not to have too many photos online, right? I'm I'm not for having photos of myself or my kids or anything else because I don't know who's seeing it. I don't know how, what their intention is. I don't know how they feel towards what they see. And I can't control it if it's out there. But I can control it if I don't put it there. I, I'm able to not put it out there. You know, um, Showing it to my family and friends is one thing. But when you open it to the public and you allow everyone to see it, really everyone can see it, right? When people have done good things for us, we always say, you know, mashallah, she has done, she's such an amazing person. She has helped me in times I couldn't imagine. So we're able to speak about people in a in a wonderful way and give them that, um, that sugar, that gratitude, that thanks. We should also do this when we think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives us every single blessing. So many blessings we can't even count. Even if we had nothing around us and we just had our body and our hearts and our lungs and our kidneys and our intestines and our everything, we have millions of things to thank for and how it's moving and working properly and we're not sick, right? So a good habit to do is whenever you realize you're blessed with something, Make, take your take that time and and show your gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by praying two rakats of shukr prayer, right? And remember, when you try to pursue something good, like let's say you're trying to learn hadith from this, from this um, podcast, 
Shaitan will try to get through and ploy and make you leave this. He'll say, you know what? That's enough. You don't need to read, listen to all of them. You don't need to re-listen to them and try to understand them. Just leave it. It's fine. Um, obstacles will come your way in your path. But don't let them deter you. You need to focus. And you need to keep purifying your intention and make du'a. Uh, and, and, you know, purify it and say, I want to learn it because I want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to learn my deen. I want to learn hadith. I want to learn um, how to read Quran because I want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to be blessed, to be um, pleased with me and and bless me and um, guide me the right way, right? Um, a, dua, you, a dua you can say is, oh Allah, you make this path easy for me. You know, whether it's a class or whether it's learning your deen. And you, Allah, please remove any obstacles in my path. Oh, Allah, accept me in your deen. Ameen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, whoever treats a path of knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a path of Jannah easy for him. He has promised that, mashallah. So even learning one hadith, you're, you're in the path of knowledge. So when a person gets knowledge of deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala overlooks all their faults and looks at their knowledge of nabuwa, of the Prophet sallallahu in their heart and says, I want to send this servant to Jannah. This is what he says. So, um, learning knowledge, learning your deen, learning Quran, focusing on your your ibadah is so loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can't even say enough. So when the Prophet wasallam saw groups of people, I think I mentioned this last time, and one group was learning deen, the other group was praying, the other group was making dhikr, the Prophet wasallam chose the group that was learning deen because of the status that they have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it doesn't have to be a whole set of six classes full time. You can learn your deen slowly. And when things become difficult for you to learn, whether it's your Quran, whether it's memorizing something, whether it is learning your deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you double reward when it is difficult for you. So there are people who get deen, you know, education, knowledge comes very easy to them. I'm not one of them. I've had struggles and I've had many struggles. And alhamdulillah, I, when I heard that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you double the reward, I thought, subhanAllah, Allah understands my struggle. So I'm going to make that effort. So even if it takes me forever and I'm like 90 something years old, I'm still going to persevere. So even if it is not fasting that we are doing, um, and we're not able to fast, let's say we are not able to fast because of our menstrual cycle and, or we, you know, or we are not well or for whatever reason, make sugar for, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be grateful and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you the reward. Have a blessed um, iftar and well, when you guys are opening your fa fast and eating your bone broth and your kefir and your probiotics and, and your avocado and all those things that are really good for you. Um, 
keep us all in your du'as. But please focus on things that are healthy, things that will rejuvenate your body because you have been fasting for all these days, for all these hours. You want to replenish it with something full of nutrients, full of benefit, because you want to, by the end of the month, and we're halfway there almost, be able to feel good and vibrant and strong. You know, you don't want to, for 16 hours, sacrifice your your eating and your drinking and then eat junk food, right? Your body will be happy temporarily, but in the long run, you're actually harming your body. So take, it to, take advantage of this beautiful 30 days of detox, will, which will rejuvenate you and eat Open your fats with something healthful. Thank you for joining me, Maliha Mahmoud, on Muslim Health Talk. Please do check us out. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, muslimhealthtalk.com. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>